Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Wednesday, and that means tonight was AEW Dynamite. And all I'm going to say right now is, how was AEW able to keep a secret in the world of professional wrestling when so much stuff leaks out and gets out and gets spoiled before it happens? But honestly, it seems like nobody knew Roderick Strong was coming to AEW. On that note, even at that, it seemed like nobody knew that Roderick's contract was even up with WWE. So, yeah, on a day that, and I'm not going to say it here just in case no one wants to be spoiled, but a big debut for this weekend of Impact was spoiled today. Like, news came out on somebody formerly of WWE going to Impact and debuting this weekend. That news leaked today. And then a AEW debut happens, and it's a complete total surprise to everybody. But other than that, I thought tonight's Dynamite was good. I wouldn't call it great, but I thought it was a good episode of Dynamite. Luke, what did you think of tonight's Dynamite, though? Honestly, besides, like, the big debut that happened tonight, I thought it was just okay. I thought there was a lot of stuff that they did was, like, it was, like, eh. Like, like for example, like the, like, the world title stuff. Like, why the heck is, like, Jungle Boy and Darby getting another shot? Since they already lost. Because like, the really? interference and stuff. But no, it, it's stupid-ass booking to get a Fatal 4-Way that we all thought was going to be a Fatal 4-Way anyways. Like, you know Darby and, and Jungle Boy are going to win next week. It's obvious. Yeah, and like... I mean, tonight was okay. Nothing crazy. But the big debut kind of like made up for it. Oh, big time. Big time. And we'll talk about all that and more. But I want to say this... Is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. We're talking AEW Dynamite, and you can watch this a myriad of different ways, whether that is live or later. You watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. You can watch live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or you can listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can become a channel member to support us over there as well by hitting the join button down below. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use our code PWUnlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Trying to get into the early access of Disney Speedstorm? Hey, Star Wars Jedi Survivor comes out this Friday. Looking to get either of those? Maybe Dead Island 2? Well, use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra extra cost only takes a couple of seconds to type that in but with that dynamite did open up with excalibur welcoming us to the show alongside tony Cervani and taz as we get right into our first match orange cassidy defending the international championship against bandito 
they noted that this was the 20th defense of Orange Cassidy as far as the international slash All-Atlantic Championship does go. They said that is the most defense, the most defenses in the men's division because I'm pretty sure Jade's defended her title more than 20 times. Am I right there? I would assume. But well, I mean, like Jade's almost like 50 and 0. And oh, she's more than of those... she's more than she's more than 50 and 0. I mean, most of her like matches in AEW were for the TBS titles. So. Right. Yeah. So that's why they said he's got the most defenses in the men's division of all elite wrestling. But this is a great opening match. It got the crowd hyped up for the show to the show to come. I guess you can call it. But with um. Where was I? Um, Orange Cassidy tried to do some lucha stuff early on, which consisted solely of a half and half, a half-hearted cartwheel, as that led to a fast stalemate before Cassidy holstered the guns of Bandito. There were some mind games by Cassidy that continued as he faked a dive but opted to pose. Cassidy fired off a series of moves with his hands in his pockets, but Bandito caught a dive and dropped Cassidy on the barricade. Bandito connected with a spine buster and a stretch muffler until Cassidy actually got free and was sent to the floor and wiped out by Bandito with a tope. Bandito controlled the action during a commercial break. TNT app showed the the picture-in-picture this week, so I saw all the picture-in-picture. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But Cassidy countered a delayed vertical suplex into a stun dog millionaire. Cassidy tried a couple of little chops, which led to uh, driving Bandito repeatedly into the corner buckle. Cassidy hit a top rope crossbody and a Michinoku driver for a near fall. Cassidy then hit a uh, Cassidy then connected on a dive, but was cut off in the ropes to follow it up. Bandito delivered an impressive one-armed suplex from the apron back into the ring as he dropped Cassidy with a pop-up cutter for a two. Um, at one point, Bandito went for a frog splash and got a two off of it. Bandito countered a mouse trap, but Cassidy responded with a counter to the top to the pop-up cutter with an orange punch in midair. There was a beach break that followed, and Cassidy got the victory. After the match, Bandito handed the international title to Orange Cassidy. Cassidy gave him sunglasses, and the two posed in the ring. What did you think of the match itself opening up the show? I liked the match. Like, I, I thought it was a good, good match to like, get the crowd hyped up. I'm still getting bored of like the random title defenses. My question is, like, how much longer is he, is he going to hold the belt? Right. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about how much longer is somebody going to hold the belt later. But, yeah, I can see it kind of being time for him to pass it along. And the question is, like, who? I mean, he's already beaten, like, so many people. Roderick Strong. <laughs> Maybe. I also wouldn't be upset if they, they gave him, like, a Ring of Honor title. Roderick or Orange Cassidy? Roderick. Oh, yeah. Have him beat... Um, was Joe got the TV title still, I believe? Yeah. That'd be a I great so. match. Oh, that would be a great match. I think we've seen it before. Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe. Yeah. We've seen that in ROH and TNA before. I think ROH. I know the match has happened in TNA. Uh, oh, no. Hmm. Yes, Glory by Honor 5, Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe. So they have wrestled in both TNA and Ring of Honor in the past. It's one-on-one. 
Because I know I've seen the TNA match, and that was a really good match. So Renee Paquette's in the back with Adam Cole, who said tonight he will call out Chris Jericho, and if Jericho doesn't come out, he'll find him. Well, that didn't happen. Orange Cassidy and Bandito then walked in, asked Paquette, uh, and asked, uh, and asked what Paquette was talking about. He told them, and they said, oh, and then walked away. Not needed, but I guess it made a tiny, 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 tiny bit of sense for later as to why they helped Orange Ca or um, Adam Cole. But yeah, very not needed, kind of random, didn't make sense. Renee's then in the back with Darby and Jungle Boy as Alan asked to squash whatever beef and bad blood they have. Alan said if he had known MJF was going to get involved last week, he would have been a ringside instead of in the rafters. Alan said that MJF will probably do the same thing again tonight and asked if Jungle Boy would be in his corner. Jungle Boy said that it would have been nice if it was him and Alan who said he would have beaten, uh, no, uh, Perry said it would have been nice if it was him and Alan who said he would have beaten Perry again. Both men then smirked and shook hands as Alan went to prepare for his Pillars tournament match later tonight. So, yeah, they're kind of doing the whole can they get along thing with Jungle Boy and MJF. You mean Jungle Boy and Darby? That's what I meant, Jungle Boy and Darby. It said MJF on my screen in my notes, and I looked right at it for some reason. <laughs> Not going to lie, if they were going to do Jungle Boy versus, like, I thought this was probably going to lead to maybe, like, Jungle Boy versus Darby at a double or nothing if if they were going to do MJF versus Sammy. Yeah, I thought the two were going to end up fighting after the match or something. Like, they, they teased those two going at it, and then, nope. But I assume, like, after the match next week, they're going to start, like, brawling and stuff. Oh, because then 100%. Because then... Then it's going to start to turn into like a free for all, but like Sammy's probably going to keep trying to be all buddy buddy with MJF. Right. Also, remember, guys, if you want to get your comment, question, or concern read live on the air, you can donate a super chat on YouTube or donate bits on Twitch. But we go into our next match, which kind of sucked. It was Jeff Jarrett against Dax Harwood. I didn't care about this match at all. So Jeff Jarrett's yeah. come. Go for it. Neither did I. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett's coming out with his guys, and a bunch of officials come out and be like, no, you're not allowed to ringside. So they send Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh to the back. Um, Dax Harwood comes out. Cash Wheeler comes out with him, but then immediately goes to the back as well. They open it up with some good chain wrestling that led to Harwood cutting Jarrett off uh, within the first couple of minutes of the match as he tried to go for a Fargo strut. Jarrett connected at one point with the right hand, but whenever he turned his back to Harwood, he did a stiff chop in return. Jarrett fought out of a superplex attempt and sent Harwood into the buckle chest first like he was Bret Hart. Jarrett dropped a leg on Harwood in the ropes that led to another Fargo strut. Both men traded jabs until Jarrett tried the figure four while Harwood tried a sharpshooter. Both fought free and Harwood connected with a top rope headbutt for a two. There was a series of counters that led to Harwood driving Jarrett with a pile driver for another near fall. Jarrett bailed outside, but Harwood uh, battled, him, uh, yeah, battled him around the ringside. Jarrett avoided a top rope drop kick as he catapulted Harwood into the corner. 
Harwood countered a figure four into an inside cradle for the closest two you've ever seen. Harwood then tried to go for a suplex inside from to the inside from the apron, but Sanjay came out, hooked to the leg, and Harwood kicked out. Um, we then saw Jared hit the stroke and pinned Dax Harwood to pick up the victory. So there we go. With a little cheating, Double J picks up the win. Then afterwards, Sanjay hands him one of the tag titles, and they celebrate like they just won. So I guess they're going to get a tag title shot off of this. I know, what is it, Jay Lethal's taking on Cash on Friday. So we'll see who wins on that one. Actually, we'll probably know in the next 20 minutes who wins that one. Any thoughts on the match? I mean... I thought the match kind of sucked. I mean, it's definitely going to lead to like Jay and Jeff taking on FTR double oh, yeah. or nothing. And maybe like uh, Mark Briscoe probably just leaves their side. So Tony Khan then makes an announcement. Now, they had said that we would hear from Tony Khan. They never said Tony Khan was going to make an announcement. And I think the reason they phrased it the way they did was to not get people overly hyped for this. And well, Tony, actually this was, I'm going to say right now. And I said this on Twitter. This is the best Tony Khan's ever been on camera. And I actually liked this to where Tony's not trying to be a character. Like we saw with the impact stuff. He's not overly getting giddy on camera. He was very to the point. Very professional and very like, hey, I've got an announcement and this is what we're doing. And I don't mind if we get these maybe once a month or every so often from Tony Khan. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Tony Khan did announce that the Owen Hart Cup is coming back and opening ceremonies will kick off at double or nothing. The tournament will be taking place all in Canada as well as one match at least taking place at Forbidden Door with the finals taking place in Owen Hart's hometown of Calgary on July 15th. So there we go. The Owen Hart Cup is back. And again, I got to give kudos to Tony Khan here because a lot of times we see him on camera and either he has that weird voice, he's playing some sort of a character, or you can tell he's marking out for being on camera. Because a lot of times he's on camera and he's got the biggest, I'm trying not to smile, trying not to get all giddy look. But no, he was super professional, super, super to the point, super at fact. So yeah, what do you think of the Owen Hart Cup coming back? I mean... I don't know if I'm, like, excited about it, especially with how it was being used last time. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like the winner gets a title shot or anything. They just carry a belt for, like, two or three weeks, and boom, it's gone. Yeah, I have the same thought of hopefully they make it actually mean something this year because last year they didn't. And Which, I mean, like, I will say that the Adam Cole one, he got injured, so I guess they couldn't really do anything further with that. I'll say that, but they could have done something with Britt. True. But it's funny. And like, go for it. And like for the Tony Khan thing, I like, I liked how he was professional. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. You know, he's not like, like I'm Tony Khan and, and I have a big announcement to make. Like he's got to make that weird voice. Like, or, or like the live crowd. when they did the all in announcement, he was there with Renee, and he's, like, super smiling. Like, he couldn't get the smile off his face. He's like, so, uh, we got something big to announce, and I'm going to let Adam Cole announce it. Like, you could tell, maybe he's just finally, what's the word I'm looking for? 
more comfortable in front of a camera or something. I don't know. But he came off really well tonight. I will say that. It's also funny that this tournament, this Owen Hart Cup, gets announced like weeks after, not many weeks, after WWE basically cancels the King of the Ring. Coincidence? I don't know. Really move on. We had a Wardlow match that lasted no time against an opponent that got no name that I saw. And I didn't really even get any notes other than he beat the crap out of this guy. I think his caliber... Go for it. This guy looked like Peter Avalon. A little bit. So I think even Excalibur had to ask at one point what the guy's name was and didn't get an answer. But after the match, Arn Anderson told the fallen opponent, opponent, go take an ice back and drink a 12-pack. And I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. Arn then brought up the NFL draft happening tomorrow. He said that's where draft picks become dynasties. I don't know about that. Not everybody that gets drafted to the NFL actually does anything of note, but he states that Wardlow, well, he's going to be a dynasty in AEW. Anderson said that Wardlow is going to have to fight dirty occasionally, though, if he wants to remain TNT champion. And this is when Christian Cage and Luchasaurus would come out. Christian acted like he was going to get in the ring, and Wardlow and or, yeah, Wardlow and Arn kind of got closer to him. He backed off, said something to Luchasaurus, and then looked up at the ring and goes, We'll be back. We'll see you guys later. And then there's left. Very weird. Nothing happened here. But they basically want you to know that Luchasaurus is going to be the next challenger for the TNT title. I mean, I'm I'm not really liking, like, I know a lot of people keep saying, like, for the past few days, and a lot of people are starting to realize this. Tony Khan has been treating the TNT title like crap lately. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people on Twitter have been finally realizing this. Like, like when was the last time we've seen someone like hold the title for like more than like two months or a month? So, I want to say Wardlow held it for a while last year, and when he lost it to Joe, Joe held it for a month, and Hobbs, which it didn't seem like it, but Hobbs held the title for forty days. It did not seem that long. It did not. It felt like two weeks to. Me. Yeah, exactly. So, like you're saying, who held it for more than two months? Nobody in the last year. In the last six months, there's been, I think, seven different champions. So, Renee's in the back with Sammy Guevara, and they're immediately interrupted by MJF. Both Guevara and MJF kissed each other on the forehead, laughed, and said that they don't care what people think about them joining forces. They're going to do what they have to do to make things happen. Sammy said that he got a big fat paycheck and MJF said, well, I'm going to retain my title at the pay-per-view. Sammy then handed or gave MJF a matching vest. MJF gave Guevara a Burberry scarf. They then hugged. They called each other friends. And they told us that the Pillars Tournament, the final match, is coming up next. Um, RJ City was also backstage to tell us about how tonight Kenny Omega is teaming with Konosuke Takeshita for the first time, and then he was attacked by the Blackpool Combat Club. Moxley said tonight they have some scars to leave, and Taz was over the moon that poor RJ City got beat up. What do you think of these two backstage segments? Mm, I mean, didn't really think much of it, honestly. Mm. I mean, hey, at least they're doing something more with RJ City. 
RJ City's great. Yeah. So we get Sammy versus Darby in the Four Pillars Tournament Finals. And this is the most bullshit we've seen in a long time. AEW does some shitty booking, but this was some shitty booking just to get to a tag match next week to get to a match at the pay-per-view that we all expected was just going to be the match anyways. MJF joined... Go for it. Like, why the heck wouldn't they just announce the Fatal 4-Way anyway? Like, why the heck do we got to lead to this? Because you got to kill time because you started building it up too early. I mean, I get that, but like... I don't know. So... MJF joined commentary with a big jar of pickles. And throughout the match, he'll talk about eating his pickles. So early on in this match, Allen attempted to ground Guevara and prevent his high flying. Guevara did connect with a drop kick and a kip up. As a rope break off of a scorpion death lock allowed Guevara to hit a pump knee, sending Allen to the outside. Allen wanted a German suplex off the apron, but Guevara took the ref. There was a mule kick to Allen. That hit him low and connected. And then uh, Sammy connected with a moonsault to the floor. Allen was busted open over his eyebrow in the process. Sammy hit a huge frog splash and wanted the three amigos, but Allen countered on the third suplex into a scorpion death drop. Allen tried to dive to the floor, but Guevara countered with a cutter in midair. Guevara set up a table ringside, but Allen battled back with some chops, setting Guevara up on the table. Timelo then ran out from the back to cause distraction of Allen, who was on the top rope. Allen Guevara did a Spanish fly for a two. With Allen now on the table, Guevara hit a spectacular-looking 630 off the top to the floor through the table. Allen narrowly beat the count back in the ring as a furious MJF marched to the ring himself off of commentary. Guevara missed a splash and ate an Allen shotgun dropkick. Mello again took the referee as MJF tossed Allen's skateboard to him. As Guevara flopped down, making it look like Darby hit him with the skateboard. Referee Paul Turner then turns around, looks and goes, I think you hit him. We're done. DQ. And I go, wait, what? What kind of stupid ass shit is this? And then the graphic pops up on the big screen. MJF versus Sammy Guevara for the world championship at double or nothing. So, who called for that graphic to get thrown up there? Was it Tony? Was it Michael Mansuri? Who was it? Because all of a sudden, these two start celebrating. Well, first they beat up Darby. Jungle Boy runs out. Sammy and MJF run to the top of the ramp. They're celebrating. Darby and Jungle Boy are yelling at each other. Darby's like, hey, where were you? Why didn't you just come out with me for the match and this and that? And then all of a sudden, Tony Schiavone gets on the mic and goes, hey, uh... I got an announcement. So, Sammy, because you won tonight, technically you do get the match at double or nothing if that's the match that we're going to get. And they're like, wait, what, huh? He then says, I just spoke, or I just got word from Tony Khan. And that next week, we're going to have a tag team match. It's Jungle Boy and Darby Allen against Sammy Guevara and MJF. If Sammy and MJF win, the match stays a singles match for double or nothing, but if Darby and Jungle Boy win, they get added to the match and it becomes a fatal four-way. MJF and Guevara are pissed. Darby and Jungle Boy kind of just nonchalantly go, okay, and then walk off. So, yeah. This is stupid as hell. 
I, I totally agree. <laughs> like, if you're going to do the Fatal 4-Way, then you could have just kept doing the whole, these guys need to build up wins, and whoever builds up the most wins gets the title match. Well, you could have been like, oh, they all got the same amount of wins, so we're just going to give them all the title match to make it a 4-Way. Like, that's all you had to do. That's the route they were going, and then they're like, ah, let's do a bullshit tournament that doesn't even make any sense because why did Darby get a buy in the first round anyways? Oh, because MJF pulled a name out of a hat. Like, this whole tournament started off as crap with that. Like, Darby got a buy because his name got pulled from a hat? No. I didn't like any of this at all. And I'm pretty sure Darby and Jungle Boy win. You know what would have been a better idea? What? They would. They could have done like a triple threat match. Winner faces MJF. MJF like yep. Like interferes in the match, and then like Tony Schiavone is like, "I just got word from Tony Khan. Guess what, Max? You're gonna face all of them at Double or Nothing." That would have made so much more sense. Because you could have done. Because he said he's he literally called it. He said if Jungle Boy and Darby win, we will get a. What did he call it? A. Pillars four-way or four pillars something or other. They had to add the four pillars thing to the to the title of the possible match at Double or Nothing. Like, come on, what, what do we need this for? We don't need the pillars thing. Not everything has to be overly branded. It's called it a goddamn fatal four-way for the title. I mean, it could be like just Tony Khan trying to be all fancy with this. So yeah, exactly. Like AEW can be like different. From yeah, like all these other wrestling companies. Renee's in the back. She tried to get a word with MJF and Sammy Guevara, who were screaming at this injustice from Tony Khan. MJF said that Tony Khan's had it out for him ever since he won the world championship, making his reign harder than anybody's. MJF was about to get into an awaiting SUV. Sammy tried to get in, and MJF's like, where are you going? What are you doing? He's like, well, we're friends. We're going to leave together. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't have enough space in here. And he just left without Sammy. So it's like, oh, so what? It's can both teams coexist? It's that bullshit. Can they get along long enough to win next week? So well, then we had Adam Cole. I mean, Go for it. I mean, maybe it's leading us to believe that, hey, maybe Sammy realized, hey, like MJF doesn't really care about him. Right. Which, I mean. He doesn't. He kind of, like, paid him to, like, throw the match. He better go cash that check before MJF cancels it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Ab Cole is in the ring. And he demands outcome Chris Jericho for what he did last week to Britt Baker. And I'm going to ask right now. So, they did the whole Cole gets handcuffed to the ropes. And then he's got to watch his girlfriend get attacked and beat up. Who else had... Triple H, Stephanie, Randy Orton vibes from that segment. Where they had did the whole Triple H's handcuffed, Randy punted Stephanie and then kissed her. Who else had those same vibes watching that segment and then watching it back on the replay tonight? I mean, now that you mention it, it looks... Yeah. looks very accurate. It's like the same goddamn like, I thing. Even, I didn't even think about that, yeah. to be honest. Triple H was handcuffed to the ropes, just like Adam Cole was handcuffed to the ropes. And then he attacked his woman. Well, there we go. The only difference was Randy did it all by himself. And then he did it. Didn't he 
kick Vince in the head like the next week or something too? I don't know. I know. I, he, I thought he kicked Shane in the head. Well, I, I I know that, but I thought he kicked Vince too, or tried to kick Vince once. But regardless, uh, Cole said that if as far as right before it, as far as Randy re- really didn't like do the punt as much after that. So there was a a brief time when they were really really worried about concussions, and so they didn't want Randy doing the punt to for fear of him accidentally kicking somebody or just the perception of. Oh, they're just gonna let a guy kick someone in the head like that, and you know there was a, a concussion, like thing that they were worried about, and so for a while they didn't let. Um, that's like why they didn't let Seth Rollins do the stomp for a while, because they were a didn't want kids because the, the, there was some sort of thing saying oh kids were redoing at the the curb stomp on each other. I don't know about that, but it was all concussion stuff. They didn't want it to. Him to accidentally kick somebody too hard or something and cause a concussion. I know, I know. There was like plenty of times after that where he like teased doing the doing that punt. He yeah. never did. So Adam Cole said, "If Jericho's not going to come out, well, he'll go find him." And then Jericho appeared on the big screen. Jericho's like, "You really think I'm going to come out there with you acting like that? You think I'm dumb? No." He's like, "I'm not coming anywhere near you." But these guys will. And out came Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and Jake Hager. They all came down to beat down Adam Cole when Orange Cassidy and Bandito, kind of out of nowhere, would run down to make the save. The numbers were too much. And then we hear end of heart attack, or heartache, I think it is, by Kill Switch Engage. And even commentary is like, what is this? Who is, what is happening? And then we see... An S and an R, or actually an R over an S on the screen. And then it transitions to saying Roderick Strong. And I lost my shit. Commentary loses their shit. And Roddy comes down, clears the ring of the JAS, and then looks at a downed Adam Cole. Cole gets to his feet. The two look at each other once again before hugging it out big in the middle of the ring. And then Tony Khan sends the tweet, Roderick Strong is all elite. This is cool that they kept it a secret, that nobody leaked this out. Like, no one leaked out that Roddy's contract expired with WWE. Nobody leaked out that he was coming to AEW. Nobody leaked out that he was at the building tonight. Like, none of that. And it is hard to keep a secret in professional wrestling. So, damn. That's awesome that it was kept a secret. We have three-fourths of the um, Undisputed Era in All Elite Wrestling. We don't know when Kyle O'Reilly is going to come back from his injury. But, yeah, this was cool. I really liked it. Shit. Give me Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, tag team champions. What would you think? I thought it was really cool. And, like, especially when someone's contract is up with a company, normally that company would tell, like, Dave or Sean Rossap being like, hey, this guy's contract expired and he's no longer with the company. Normally somebody leaks out, hey, just so you know, this person, they're done. They're gone. Like with AW, we knew that Brian Cage's contract had expired and that he signed a new deal. We knew when Kevin Owens' contract was coming up with WWE, when Sammy Guevara, or no, Sammy uh, Zayn's contract was coming up with WWE. We usually learn about this stuff. So that's why 
I think maybe this is just a theory. Don't quote me on it. I think because Roderick Strong was off television for so long in NXT, not going to the PC every day, people just assumed he was still under contract, not working, not having anything for him, and didn't go, oh, um, this guy ain't coming to work anymore. Something's up. Like, there was no reason to, for, there's no reason for anybody in NXT to kind of get suspicious, if you know what I mean. I think that's one reason why it was kept such a good secret that because he wasn't around anyways, no one was like, I think he might be done. Because Meltzer re- uh, reported back in early March that he was told Strong was still under contract, but he didn't know for how long Strong was still under contract. Well, another thing is like, like when he signed that extension a little while ago in NXT, mm-hmm. they said long-term. So yeah. That, you would think like either at least three or five years. Well, he signed that. It had to have been 2021, right? Right. Middle of 21. So, or early 21. So what was it? A two year extension? Had to have been only a two year extension then. I don't know. I'm very confused, but Hey, he's with AEW. There we go. I mean, there was no reason for him to, no. stay in WWE anyway. His wife is in AEW. Like Adam Coles and Kyle O'Reilly are in AEW. Maybe, maybe they bring back Bobby Fish. Big maybe. Big maybe. Hey, if if Kyle O'Reilly comes back soon, maybe Bobby's like, you know what? I'll go back and team with Kyle. Right. I mean, he's not really doing anything anyway. No. Or then it's like Undisputed Podcast. I think that's what it's called. Oh, he does have a podcast, huh? Give me one second and send a message. All right, so next up, we will backstage for a new edition of QTV as QT Marshall. Uh, as QT Marshall is trying to explain to his crew what happened last week when Powerhouse Hobbs stormed in furious. Hobbs demanded Marshall fix it, as he kept telling Hobbs his word is his bond, and they need to go to plan B. So, eventually he wants to go back for the TNT title, I guess? Cool. Not much here. Then we got the TBS title. It's Jade Cargill defending against Taya Valkyrie. Stipulation here is that Valkyrie can't use her move the road to Valhalla. If she does, she gets disqualified. Early on, Cargill pie faces uh, Valkyrie, who in return slapped the taste right out of her mouth. Valkyrie was going to try her finish when all of a sudden you can hear Mark Sterling, You can't do that! You can't do that! And she thought better of it and didn't do the move. Really, if Sterling was smart, he wouldn't have warned her. And just let her get disqualified. And then, boom, Jade wins. Like, eh, whatever. Um, where was I? Cargill tried to skin the cat, but was booted to the floor. Valkyrie tried a boot on the apron, but her leg was pulled out, and she did the splits as Cargill clobbered her with a forearm. 
Cargo was in control the entire break until Valkyrie battled back with a blue thunder bomb for a two. Cargill avoided a charging Valkyrie in the corner and set her up in the ropes and connected with a superplex off the top. Cargo followed with an impressive destroyer for a near fall. Valkyrie avoided uh, the uh, Valkyrie avoided the jaded with the double stomp to the midsection as she again went for the road to Valhalla out of instinct but thought better of it. Valkyrie just let Cargo go and stood there not knowing what to really do, which allowed Cargill to get the roll up with the tights for the victory. Really making Taya look dumb as fuck. Uh, after the match, a frustrated Taya attacked Jade. And then she was pulled off. She almost gave the Road to Valhalla to Aubrey. And then she let it go. What did you think of all this? That's kind of sucked, honestly. Yeah. I mean, what I'm kind of thinking, like, after all this, is that, like, maybe... Maybe the outcasts start recruiting Taya. Like, hey, why don't you use that anger and help us take out, like, all the homegrown talent? Maybe. Also, I don't know what it was, but Taya seemed slower than normal in this match. I don't know if it was because she was working with Jade or something's up. But she seemed slower than normal during this match. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because maybe she was told that, like, hey, you don't really have to do as much in this match. Maybe. I mean, yeah, like, she's the only person I can really think of that, other than Athena, to, like, join the Outcast Because she's right. not homegrown. True. Speaking of the Outcast, they did the thing. They lumped all the women's stuff into one quick segment. Well, not quick, but one segment. We got Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in the back. Uh, Hayter's wearing a sling for some reason. I don't know why. Because uh, she posted a video, like, a day or two ago of her skydiving. So... If they're trying to say that she was beat up by the outcast, well, you're killing kayfabe there, girl. Britt Baker got a black eye. Baker ran down the actions of Soraya and the outcast while Hater talked about Tony Storm injuring her shoulder and it declared war. They then mentioned blood and a morgue, which they should have just right out said it. We want you guys in blood and guts. That's where this is leading to. It seems very likely. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, that main this whole argument is uh, like WWE lets their women do war games and Tony Khan will let their women do blood and guts. So, I mean, I think we're getting it for the first time this year, women's blood and guts. Most likely at double or nothing, I would say. No, usually they keep the blood and guts as its own show to build hype for a dynamite. Because I already think we're going to get a special match at double or nothing with the anarchy in the arena, possibly. BCC and the Elite. So I don't think we need that and Blood and Guts. Keep Blood and Guts for like a random June show or something. Or early July. Maybe even that, because that July 15th show is supposed to be a special show in Calgary where they're doing the finals of the Owen Cup. So maybe do it on that show. Make that the Blood and Guts show. July 15th in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Maybe. So then we got our main event. They make you think we're about to go to commercial. And then Brian Danielson's music hits. And Excalibur's like, oh, I thought we were going to break. But I guess we're not yet. Danielson comes out and joins commentary. And then they go to break. So Danielson joined commentary. And called Takeshita ungrateful for everything Danielson has done for him. He said, I helped train him. Or I trained with him. And now he wants to do what? Associate himself with just a bunch of amateurs? 
instead of real professional wrestlers. So the match itself was Kenny Omega and Kenosuke Takeshita against The Butcher and The Blade. So The Blade took it to Takeshita early, right out the gates, with some strikes until Takeshita scratched him with a stiff punch and a drop kick. We then get some fast tags between Takeshita and Omega. He hit a You Can't Escape into Takeshita's senton for a two on The Blade. Omega teased a Terminator dive, but was tripped up by Saban. Uh, he then tried to go to Kip, go at Kip Saban when Kamali Ford would get in the way. This allowed the Butcher to wipe out Omega on the floor as Takeshita was distracting the referee. Takeshita's literally pointing down at all this happening, and the ref's just like, go back to your corner! Go back to your corner! Fucking stupid-ass refs. Um, Kip Sabian then got another shot in as the Butcher and the Blade kept Omega isolated during the pitcher-in-pitcher break. Omega was able to plant the blade with a Kataro Crusher at one point as Takeshita finally made the hot tag and ran wild, dropping the Butcher with the Takeshita line and multiple Haluva kicks. Takeshita connected with a Brain Buster on the Butcher, but the blade broke up the pin and allowed a Stunner-Lariat combination to happen. Butcher and the Blade tried to drag the lake as Omega prevented it, leading to Takeshita dropping the Butcher with a Blue Thunder Bomb for a two. Takeshita then hit a jumping knee on the blade while Omega followed this up with a snapdragon and a dive to the floor onto Sabian and Blade. Takeshita then hit a charging knee strike on the Butcher to get the victory. So there we go. Omega and Takeshita win. Before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of the match itself? Match was decent. <clears throat> but like, I thought it was very fast-paced though. Yes. So as far as the post-match does go, Danielson is on the stage, and he's got a mic. And he's saying, you know, oh, a professional got the pin while an amateur looks exhausted in the ring. Like, he's gone all that he can go. He said if Takeshita, well, actually he messes up his lines here, but then if he fixes himself, he says if Takeshita trained with the BCC, he'd be a star. But instead, he chose to side with the elite gave guys like Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa chances, and look what they do. They shower the elite. The BCC would then jump in and attack Omega and Takeshita from behind. As Danielson told them to finish the job on Omega from last week, the Young Bucks would run out. Claudio tried to run up the stage to stop them when he was hit with double super kicks by both Bucks. Um, Danielson was telling Takeshita to get in the ring as the Elite were going after Moxley, Takeshita then seemed conflicted and stopped Omega from using the screwdriver on John Moxley. The BCC then broke things up as they were all arguing and tried to stand tall with Takeshita, who refused. He's like, no, I'm not doing this. What, what, what the hell? And he gets low-blowed by Wheeler Yuta. Danielson then said that he made the wrong choice. And so Moxley charged at him with the screwdriver, stabbed him multiple times before they left Takeshita on the map, bleeding from the screwdriver shots. The elite check on him, and the show goes off the air. What do you think of the post-match? So, like, my biggest takeaway from this, like, when Danielson's like, we know what you want, Takeshita. You want, like, you want to join the BCC. And he's just sitting there, like, two seconds, like, like, thinking about it. And then, like, not even, like, two seconds, like, you did low blows. And it's like, you made yeah. the wrong decision. Like, you didn't, even give him, you didn't even give him a chance to think about it. 
So I assume Takesh is the where the hell's Hangman? We asked this last week. Where's Hangman? Why is Takesh the fourth man and not Hangman? Like what? What's going on with old Adam Hangman Page? Come on. So I guess Takesh is the fourth man now when it comes to because now he's fully involved. He's not just like, oh, he came out and made the save. No, they attacked him with a screwdriver. This SOB is fully involved now. He fully hates the BCC. But again, where's the hangman? I mean, unless they like add someone new in BCC, then, then they bring in hangman for, for the elite. Mm, no, I think that oversaturated it. But I mean, they could, but mm, I wouldn't like it. As far as some upcoming matches and stuff do go, this coming week, AEW Rampage. Ricky Starks, Sean Spears will be taking on the Bullet Club Gold. Switchblade so Jay White and Juice Robinson. Uh, Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee will be in tag team action. I didn't know that they have an actual tag name called the uh, Natural Limitless or Limitless Nastrals. I don't know. Uh, Anna Jay will be taking... Go, what is it? I don't know. Is it like naturally like limitless? Something like that, yeah. I have it right here. I could just check the graphic. They are called, I think you're right, um, Naturally Limitless. Yep. Uh, Anna JAS will be yep. taking on Ashley D'Ambrosa. Cash Wheeler will be taking on Jay Lethal. And the acclaimed will address the people. We will also hear from the outcast. As far as next week's AEW Dynamite does go, MJF and Sammy Guevara will be taking on Darby Allen and Jack Perry. If MJF and Sammy Guevara win, then they get their singles match at double or nothing. But if Jer Darby Allen and Jack Perry win, they get added to the match for a four-way. Also, we do know in a four-eight-man tag, Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, Bandito, and Roderick Strong will be taking on Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager. Also, as far as Rampage does go this week, Rampage will be starting at a new start time, a special start time, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. So it's going to be live coast to coast. 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. But with that, that's all we got regarding tonight's AEW Dynamite. With that, guys, you know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. As far as the polls do go, we're going to refresh those right here. Um, let's pull up the Twitter poll. Let's refresh the Twitch poll. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 80% liked the show. 20% didn't. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 66% liked the show. 20% thought it was just all right, and 13% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 61% liked the show, 24% thought it was just all right, and 15% didn't like it. Some of the comments here, person said I thought it was all right. Person said I, ref uh, I preferred the title defenses on NXT more than what we got here. And this person says I liked it. Welcome, Roderick Strong. And finally, the YouTube live poll, 75% liked it, 14% thought it was just all right, and 11% did not like it. With that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for watching, whether you watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. With that, guys, we'll be back here live Monday. No, not Monday. Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. And then we'll be live Friday evening. 
for Friday Night SmackDown. Maybe I watch an early Rampage and I talk Rampage. I don't know. I'll see if I can squeeze it in or not. But with that, guys, we'll see you back here live on Friday. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.